Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network, the author of Appointed, and a premier contributor for The Blaze. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hello, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you doing, Dallas, Texas, out there? I love you out there today. It is a good day to live in Texas. And all my Texas people said, amen. Y'all are probably coming home from church, and I love church. I go to an awesome church myself. Shoreline Dallas is the name of the church. Um, love it if you're looking for a church home. I would suggest you look up shorelinedallas.com. It is an awesome church. But you know what? We live in Dallas, Texas. We are blessed that there is an awesome church everywhere. <laughs> so maybe my challenge should be go to church if you haven't been to church today. We are going to talk about something um, so near and dear to my heart today, something that I have really uh, needed lately, some grace. I have needed some grace lately. Um, And that's what the show is going to be about. But before we get to that, I want to let you know, what do we do? Do you know what? We have a a radio show, Autumn Miles uh, show that you are listening to right now. Thank you very much. Um, But we also, our ministry does a lot of other things. One of them is we do uh, small groups all over the country. It's honestly pretty amazing what God has done. Small groups of women meet all over, come together from all different sorts of uh, churches, backgrounds. I mean, we have got all sorts of people coming together and we get all up in each other's lives. We do some worship. We listen to um, the word of God. Then we challenge each other with questions. Sometimes it's good to let people get all up in your life. Okay, don't be so prideful that you don't let someone get all up in your life for some correction. We are not perfect. We have not arrived. That's Jesus, people. Um, uh, But these small groups are doing that. And, you know, we are seeing some incredible life change happening. We're seeing marriages restored. We're seeing, um, you know, people find their passion in Christ again. We're seeing people really abandon um, their old life and take on new. We're seeing people walk in their purpose. It is an exciting time that we are living in. So look up one of these groups in your area. We have one at, um, in DFW every single month down in Bishop Arts um, at the Laughing Willow, which I love the Laughing Willow. It is an awesome place to go shop, but also just, you know, I love the owner and I love it down there in Bishop Arts. We will have that coming up here May 20th um, for anyone that is interested. Also, follow us on social media. I do. I'm very, very active on Facebook. That's where I do most of my ministry stuff. Uh, You'll hear a little updates of the day, a little selfie videos. Also on Instagram, that I keep pretty personal. I have four kids. What a great place to show off your children. And that's where uh, I do it. So meet me over there at Autumn Miles. You can meet us over there. Uh, let's, Let's get to the word. The grace through. The grace through. 
You know, I'm, I'm contacted on a regular basis by a lot of different people who, who say, I can't do, I can't walk through, I can't pass through this. The waters are too much for me. I, I, uh, uh, th- this trial is one that will consume me. This trial is one that I'm going to cave under. And you know what? If you are a believer or if you are a child of God, that is just Satan putting that in your ear. But I almost feel um, the heaviness of exhaustion today, the heaviness of overwhelming uh, uh, of emotions today. I-, I can feel it. So as you're in your car walking, driving home from Chipotle or driving home from the church, driving home with your in and out burger, and you are feeling like I just can't do it anymore. I want to encourage you that there is a grace that is supernatural. There is a grace that is available if you will receive it from the Lord. Even now, even as I'm speaking, there is peace and grace available to you. You know, I looked up the word grace, not in um, any commentary because they're always going to have a spiritual definition of it um, or anything like that. I looked it up in, you know, a, a, a secular uh, dictionary. And this is what it says, unmerited divine assistance. And I couldn't get over that one um, um, paraphrasing of, of grace, divine assistance, divine assistance. Some of you are staring at your marriage that is completely destroyed. You don't know how it's going to be put together. So you right now need that divine assistance, assistance, That is of the divine nature, divine assistance. I was so drawn to that definition um, because I I think in times when we are facing something that is greater than us, that is more than us, that is overwhelming to us, that's just kind of music to our ears. Divine assistance is available. And I want to encourage you today, and we're going to go to the text here in just a minute. The same God, if you look back on your life and you, you from this moment, you're facing something hard right now. We're going to go to um, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego right now. Your furnace is heated seven times hotter right now. I want you to take a mental um, uh, 180 and I want you to look back in your life and I want you to see the areas that God has brought you through to date. Those areas, maybe 10 years ago, maybe you struggled um, uh, with with a bad relationship and you thought, man, at that point, the the furnace is heated seven times hotter. This is overwhelming. I can't get through this. This is going to crush me. And guess what? You sailed right through. A couple of years later, maybe you had a child get sick. Maybe you had a parent get sick and you're thinking the pressure is overwhelming. The, the furnace is heated seven times hotter and you sailed right through that as, as well with divine assistance. Today, you are facing a battle that seems as great as those. But looking back in your life, you can see that you overcame those. So let me encourage you. That what you are facing is overcomable as well with divine assistance. You know, sometimes the way to get through is to look back and see what you've been through. The way to get through is to understand that God is not just going to to heat the furnace seven times hotter. And we're going to get to this text in a minute. And I'm going to keep going back to that um, phrase. Um, uh, God is not mean. 
He is not out to get you. He does not have you um, um, a, a lightning bait, bait, bolt fa- focused on you. Excuse me. He is preparing you for something that can not only change you, but may change everyone around you. I want to I want you to go to to these boys in Daniel. And man, have I been so encouraged uh, by by these boys in Daniel, one of the most incredible books in the Bible. And, you know, all sort of biblical scholars, um, you know, have a, have a lot of take on it. We're just going to take the word for what it is um, today. Uh, go to Daniel 1, if you will. If, if you have your Bibles, if you don't, no worries. I got my Bible right in front of me. And here we see um, Daniel and there is, uh, he's got some buddies, Okay. The king, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read you uh, Daniel three. The king ordered Ashpenaz, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and nobles, youth, and whom was no defect, who were good looking, showing intelligence, and every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discernment and knowledge, who had ability for serving in the king's court. And he ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. Hang with me. This is the word of God. Much more important than what I'm going to say. The king appointed for them a daily ration from the king's choice food, from wine, which he drank, and appointed that they should be educated three years. At the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Now, among them from the sons of Judah was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The commander of the officials assigned new names to them. And they're better known by their new names, I believe, to Daniel. He assigned the name Belteshazzar, Hananiah, Shadrach, Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah, Abednego. Verse 8. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Now, I want to stop right here for a minute. These boys, um, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were of the choice. How many of us today want to be of the choice? We want to be the ones chosen. We want to be the ones that the king looks to and says, hey, come here, I'm going to train you to work for me. We all want a seat at the king's table. And guess what? These boys had it. They were from uh, Judah, but they were asked to eat from the king's portion, which was more than likely, um, sacrifice to idols, and they made up their minds. Bold, courageous. Daniel said, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. In our culture today, I could go off on a tangent on this, but I'm, I'm not. How many of us just want to be at the king's table so much that we, we are willing to defile ourselves to get there? Celebrityism is screaming at us. Popularity is screaming at us. Likes are screaming at us. So it doesn't matter in our minds if we defile ourselves with the king's food. We just want to be known. Daniel was not that kind of a spirit. Praise the Lord. He had the grace of God all over him and he understood the importance of God's way versus people's way. I know just stepped in some toes, but that's okay. This is the autumn mile show. I can do that. Um, He made up his mind. In making up his mind, he could have been killed. 
in making up his mind that he was not going to sacrifice his integrity for being known, for being a celebrity, for being liked. He was not going to do that simply in making up his mind that he was not going to defile himself. He chose the Lord and he went to the, um, to the, to the commander of the officials. And he said, um, he said, listen, dude, I ain't going to eat that. Now this is autumn paraphrase. Okay. Um, he said, this is what I'll, this is what I'll do. Um, I'm just going to read it. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. So God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander and the officials. So God granted. Would God have granted if he wasn't courageous? No, he wouldn't. Would the grace have been poured out on Daniel if he said, I'm just going to eat it and I'm just going to be thankful that I'm sitting at the king's table? No, he wouldn't. God had a greater plan. So he gave Daniel the courage to stand up to the commander. Now he goes on. The commander of the officials said to Daniel, I'm afraid, my Lord. Who is I'm afraid, my Lord, who has appointed you food and drink. Why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the other youths of your own age? Then you would make me forfeit, forfeit my head to the king. Daniel said to the overseer who the commander of the official has appointed over Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, test your servants for 10 days. Let them be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed in your presence and the presence of the youth who are eating at the king's choice food and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened. And guess what, guys? After 10 days, not only were they fine, they were better. This is one of those uh, trials that Daniel was tested with and his boys were tested with. Are, are you going to defile yourself or are you not? Guess what? They stepped up to the plate and they passed the test. Moving on to the next test. Do you see what we're go- where we're going? Uh, the, the, uh, the fiery furnace hadn't even happened yet. God gave them the grace to get through that test. We're moving on to the next. This test right here was possible death. They they could have faced death and they stood up to it and God gave them favor. Next, we see that Pharaoh had a dream. I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. And when Pharaoh had a dream, it completely um, freaked him out. And what he did is he called for all the wise men, all of the officials, all the magicians, everyone that he knew to come together. And he, he gave them a charge. And he said, you must not only interpret the dream, but you must tell me the dream. And then I want you to interpret the dream. And all of these magicians and all of these worldly people that the king had gathered around him started uh, 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 shaking a little bit themselves because they went to him and they said, it is is too hard a thing for us to tell you your dream and interpret the dream. We cannot do that. Oh, and that made the king so mad. So what did the king do? He ordered them all to be killed. So a decree went forth that all the wise men should be slain. And they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Then Daniel replied with discretion, grace and discernment, grace. 
to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander, for what reason is the decree of the king so urgent? Then Arioch informed David about the matter. So David went in and requested. You see how humble David is. The first time he asked permission, the second time he requested of the king that he would grant him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. And David went in and told his friends. And they requested compassion from God concerning the mystery. So Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men in Babylon. So guess what? Here's another one. This is a death warrant. This is not possible death. This is a death warrant. Guess what? We're going to, you guys are as good as, as done. As a matter of fact, they sent out people to find them, to slay them. But what did Daniel do? He looked back and he saw how God had brought him through the first incredible trial. And he thought, man, if that worked, I'm going to utilize the divine to get me through this next trial. And guess what? God, not only, not only was he able to interpret the dream, he was able to tell the king what he dreamed by the power of the Lord. First, possible death. Second, definite death that God stopped because of his courage. And then we see here in Daniel 3, the third test. Here Daniel and his buddies go before the king once again. King at this point has erected an image of gold, more likely in his honor, most likely in his honor. Isn't that nice? (laughs) An image of gold of himself. You wonder kind of how these guys got away with the, I guess they were the king, you know, but Nebuchadnezzar making a giant image of himself. (laughs) sounds pretty crazy. (laughs) Anyway, he made this entire huge image and guess what? Another decree. He sent word to assemble the satraps, pretexts, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, prefects, governors, counselors, treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then the herald loudly proclaimed to you, the command is given, O people, that the moment that you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, the psaltery, the bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and to worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has set up. But whoever does not fall down to worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of the furnace of the blazing fire. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound, all the people, nations, men of every language fell down and worshiped the golden image which he had set set up except a few Jews Shadrach Meshach Abednego 
these men, O king, have disregarded you is what their enemy said. They do not serve your God or worship the golden image. Nebuchadnezzar enraged. Nebuchadnezzar had an anger problem. I mean, check this out. He was angry all the time about everything. Like, dude, chill out. Anyway, he was angry, gave orders to bring them to him and he asked them is this true I love the fact that he confronted them and they did not back down he spoke plainly is this true you didn't bow before uh, the image that I erected is this true that you you disobeyed and dishonored me in the face of everyone that was honoring me is this true and you know what Shadrach Meshach and Abednego remembered they remembered uh, they turned around and they looked back and they saw how in their first trial, Daniel made up his mind. He was not going to defile himself and God gave him the grace to walk through that trial. They looked back and saw that death was, was, uh, was a guarantee and God stepped in and he did what only God could do, which was to um, give divine knowledge and interpretation. So when they were confronted with evil, they stood their ground because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, is it true? I'm going to give you another chance. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God who we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, Let it be known, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with rage. His facial expression was altered. Uh, He answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it usually was heated. And he tied them up, threw them in the fire. I love this. He, he, he tied them up, which I mean, where are they going to go? He was so mad. Let me tell you something. When evil confronts and you stand and you stand with the Lord, that makes evil so mad. So he will try. It will try to bind you with things. It will try to bind your mind with things. I look at the imagery here. They were bound, even though they had no place to go, they were bound and they were thrown in a fire that not, not was definitely going to consume them, consume the guards that threw them in. They were thrown into the fire bound with all sorts of, of attack going on. Um, you know, if you want to look at the imagery there, Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire. They were tied up. And then all of a sudden he noticed something. He said to his officials, weren't there three men cast into the midst of the fire? Certainly, O king. He said, look, I see them loose and walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of God who showed up. Divine assistance. When they were confronted with evil, they stood up and God met 
them there. And not only did he meet them there, he unbound them from the things that, that from the ropes that Nebuchadnezzar thought was going to keep them um, in check. God came in, unbound them, let them go, walked with them. And when they came forward, the Bible tells us that they didn't even smell like smoke. I want to give you the courage today. Look back and see where God has brought you from. He brought you from um, um, from the first trial, from the second trial. The, the furnace seems seven times hotter. But let me tell you, that is where God meets us. He stands. He walks with us. He makes his presence known, not only to us, but to our enemies all around us. He unbinds us and he lets us go free. And when we come out, the Bible says they didn't even smell there was not even a smell. I can't even sit next to someone who's smoking and not leave smelling like it. It didn't affect them physically. But let me tell you something. It affected the entire nation that drew King Nebuchadnezzar to his knees. And he worshiped the almighty God and made a new decree that everyone is to respect the almighty God. Let me tell you something. Your trial today, it's for you. God is definitely growing you, changing you, challenging you. But it's also for those that are looking at you that see the furnace is heated seven times hotter and they need encouragement. They need faith from your life. They need someone to, as an example to follow. They need a Daniel. They need a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that is going to stand for God when the world defies him. And that person today, exhausted, sweet warrior, is you. How do you get the grace through mentally? Turn around and see what God's already done. I love you guys. I'll see you next week right here on the Autumn Mile Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM.